The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league, or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F I V E 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. It's a new episode, a new week. I am Simon Clancy, as you probably know, because if you've been listening to this show for a long time, there's two American guys, Chris and Alf. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. <laughs> that was so formal. That, was, that to... wasn't stilted at all. Well, it was only stilted because you two made it stilted by going, <laughs> good evening. But not some sort of Hitchcockian drama from the 1940s. It's not like... Well, it is an odd way. It is an odd way to start for us. Like you what just say, really? good, ev- good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Hello, friends. How are we? I mean, come on. Hello, friends. This isn't I like family plots or... Yeah, exactly. Um, how about piss off? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that, we'll get to that later on, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. That's um, the like, like the picture the I posted ending. today of uh, Tua Tonga Vailoa. He had a very angry look on his face. And somebody was saying, that's probably when Omar Kelly asked him a question. Oddly enough, it was exactly when Omar Kelly asked him a question. I bet it wasn't. I bet he'd heard your stilted intro to the show and thought, <laughs> that's pretty That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. I mean, last You're week like, we had... Good morning. Good morning, Tua. But, exactly. Last week we had Frank Wright over there, the uh, Guggenheim uh, um, creator. Now we've got Alfred Hitchcock, who we're going to have next week on the show. It's amazing. <laughs> um, anyway, welcome to the show. Brought to you, as always, by Manscaped. And you know we're going to go there. It's testicle time, everybody. Mm. It's it's Lady Garden time favorite. for one of our female listeners. It's under armpit. It's sunny at the moment. You know, it's sunny. Get out there. Get the hair off your body, especially down there. Nobody wants to see it. Nobody wants to touch it. Nobody wants to lick it. Ugh, I can't even believe I said that out loud. I can't, did um, you just say that? <laughs> I did. I did. And the person we were just talking about before we started recording is going to hate me even more. Um, <laughs> almost certainly. Anyway. Almost certainly. Anyway. Manscaped. Uh, you can use the code 5RSN to get 20% off. You get Bull Toner, which we just find magnificent on this show. It, 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 I mean, I don't know what it does, but you know, the fact that it says toner for balls in, in a way that would 
feel like you've gone and done a major workout at the gym. Um, there's an amazing smelling thing that makes you smell really lovely. And the lawnmower 2.0, 3.0, you can use it anywhere. I mean, you use it on your moustache as well. Probably like clean the blades before you like go down there and then back to your face because <laughs> you never know what you're going to end up with. Uh, anyway, to the football, away from this charade. But thank you to Manscaped every week for being our key sponsor, um, as always. We're going to go unit by unit. Alf, obviously, is at camp, um, and therefore it would be uh, wise for us to use his uh, knowledge of being there day after day and seeing what's going on rather than Chris and I chirping in because basically we're just getting our um, our updates from him and we're getting them a lot on only fins or just fins as I made the ridiculous mistake <laughs> on Twitter. I don't know why I called it just and fins. And we had a but that big was... giveaway there on only fins today. A huge giveaway. Just, on, on did, do we have one on just fins though? No, just we, fins we had a massive one on just fins, but the only fins one was slightly smaller, but you know, it went pretty well. But and of yes. course, if you if you subscribe to OnlyFans, you get my play-by-play updates on Christ, that's camp, reason every not single day. No, it's true. Every single day, you're getting lots of information. If you don't know what it is, it's a Patreon sign-up, essentially, because people have asked for years. And we're not just making this up. They genuinely have asked. Um, and we can pull the evidence off on social media. People have asked to, to join into our fairly infamous WhatsApp chat, which we do throughout the year and have done for many, many years because the three of us have known each other. I mean, scarily, we've probably known each other for close to two decades now. Simon and I, we've known each other for two decades. I think Alf joined in like a decade later. Yeah. Chris and I have known each other. It must be 20 years, Chris, in all seriousness. In all seriousness. It it might even be more. It might even be longer, which is... Scary. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing, though, but um, but it is quite scary. Um, but yeah, so only fins is our daily WhatsApp chat, but what you get beyond the banal kind of, um, uh, my shy of our lives is also an awful lot of Miami Dolphins information. Not only is it camp updates, but throughout the season, obviously there'll be Dolphins chat, but more importantly, I suppose for, for those of you that follow the NFL draft will be all sorts of breakdown of, of players, videos, all the sorts of stuff that we often end up talking about on this show is there. And I would hope that the, Pretty large numbers of people that are, have already joined in are enjoying it. We certainly have had no complaints. So that's where you can find um, a lot of our chat. And if you go to our Twitter page, it's the pinned tweet at the top. Just follow the instructions, sign up. It's very, very cheap. It's like literally one cup of coffee a month um, for hanging out with us a lot and, and, and chatting shit about ball. And we all like doing that. Yeah, and, the guy which, that, and the guy that won today, the giveaway, he won, uh, first of all, the, the framing on what he won today because he won a, a sport magazine from 1986 autographed by Dan Marino. The framing well, it was of autographed it. by Alf, but it was, it looks like Marino. So yeah. Just, yeah. That's not true. Just yeah, well, that's not true. <laughs> I, think, I, I think he just accused me of a felony, Simon. Yeah. He's going to go to his wife and ask who Stan Marini is, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but the, just the framing of this item alone is worth at least three years of subscriptions to the only there you go. So, yeah, it was worth it. It was worth it. And it's a, um, yeah, you'll get lots of information. You know, and lots of the stuff when we say, oh, we've spoken to so-and-so and um, we don't just make this stuff up and, you know, people will be able to see that the stuff that, you know, when we do speak to, you know, let's not kid ourselves. None of us have got Chris Greer's phone number. But, you know, we know people in and around the organization and we do sometimes come across nuggets of information if you followed us on fin heaven over the years if you followed us on the fins and obviously on social media um I, i'd hope that by now you'd know that we're not charlatans well i mean 
I don't think we're charlatans, are we? Anyway. Just because we're questionable doesn't mean we're charlatans. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Let's get to the serious stuff. The football camp is underway. It was day six today, second day in pads. Day let's seven, go. actually. Day, day seven. seven. Okay. Look look how with it I am. Alpha, quick question, actually. Um, coaches, before we get to units, how is the the sort of the what seems like a yearly revamp of the coaching staff? Any kind of anything coming through with some of the new faces? Gerald Alexander who joined last year and everybody talks about being a potential defensive coordinator. Anything on the coaching front in terms of people who are coming to the fore? How's I know George Godsey obviously has has COVID, um, but any news on the coaching front, or should we just skip on to players? Yeah, we could go on to players, but on the coaching front, uh, everybody was wondering how this two offensive coordinator system was going to work. They have a plan. Nobody's actually released the plan. Although isn't I think catching I just... COVID the plan? That wasn't the plan, though. <laughs> I guess that was part of the plan because he's a very important part of the plan. Okay. So let's just say that they have a plan. Uh, the, you will see it, I guess, when they play actual games, which start next week against Chicago in Chicago on Saturday. But other than that, uh, Danny Crossman's really entertaining. And so is Gerald Alexander. That's pretty much it. And Brian Flores floats between both fields as the, he conducts what is essentially a split practice. Nice. Let's start with quarterbacks then, because um, look, everybody knows where we stand on, on Tua Tungavala, but it does seem like he has, you know, after the, the two interceptions that we had on the opening day last week, when everybody had an absolute meltdown because he threw two picks on install day, he, it seems like he has been, you know, close to faultless. I mean, absolutely fantastic is, you know, uh, two words I've been told. Um, he's looked really, really slick. Um, short, deep, intermediate command of the offense. He looks bigger physically. I mean, he looks really jacked up. Um, and I, I think he threw his first pick since those um, those two picks. I think he threw that today to Javon Holland, who'd moved into the first team uh, into the first team rankings. How, how are the quarterbacks looking? Starting with Tua, but obviously Jacoby Brissett, Brissett and then um, the guy whose name we shan't mention because Al slags him off so badly on, um, <laughs> on OnlyFins. I'll take him backwards, okay, since I'm not going to spend too much time on the other two. Come uh, on, Jake Rudock. Uh, Reed Sinet. Uh, oh, Reed Sinet, even. I guess he's on the team because evidently he has a good arm. At least that's what, what I was told today. But, you know, I like to see that arm get the ball from his hands to the receiver's hands. And we don't see too much evidence of that. Although he had a decent day today. That's That concludes my coverage on Reed Sinet for this podcast. Jacoby Brissett had a terrible day on, what was it, Thursday of last week. Uh, since then, he's been kind of steady. Um, we're going to get into what he did to one of our cornerbacks, our first-round cornerback from last year, which wasn't pretty. Jacoby Brissett had his moments today. He's looked fine. You know, nothing much to talk about. Now, Tua a different story. Um, been aggressive. He has great command of the offense he's calling all the plays in the huddles getting everybody out lined up in the right spots he's had a couple of successful two-minute drills one of them ended up in a, in a field goal but i think he just ran out of space because they started that drive at his own 15 yard line with two minutes and 12 seconds they ended up kicking i believe what was a 32 yard field goal so you know that's a successful two-minute drive other than that, everything you've, everything you've seen on social media as far as, especially the Dolphins website, who keeps putting up all these long passes that Tua keeps completing, 
that's what you're seeing out there. He's hitting big play after big play to Albert Wilson, mainly Albert Wilson, but he's hit some to Jakeem Grant. Today he had a really big completion to Hunter Long on a scramble, and Hunter Long made two great catches on two passes, and he also had another long completion to Jalen Waddle. Uh, the interception, I believe it was I – I wouldn't call it a bad read. I think he tried to do way too much, tried to get a ball out there to – to Jalen Waddle on a, on a deep over route. And Javon Holland, I guess, just read his eyes and just came off the hash, got under the ball, and intercepted it. Although it was a bad pass. Like, if it's a, if it's if the ball is on target, Jalen Waddle comes up with it, or he takes a big hit from Javon Holland. But, you know, credit to Holland. But Tutanga Valoa has been spectacular. Like, there's no other word to use. He's been really, really good. Chris, anything to add on too? I think it's um it's it's, it's an interesting strike because uh, you have to say, and you you told everybody this. It's like what you see on the the tweets and you know the Miami Dolphins Twitter and the videos, the long completions. It's basically what you're seeing at practice. I think that's an important thing. And there's there's no cherry picking going on. It's it's it just seems to be really effective, and that's that's really promising. Uh, but I think the most promising thing so far, and we'll probably get to the to that unit is that you know what's the number one thing that ever simon that everybody uh talk like asks us about or criticizes about when we talk about the skill unit of the dolphins particularly the wide receivers unit what's the the number one criticism of the those guys of, of ours that yeah of ours. they weren't very good no i mean this year of the guys that we have will fuller Devontae. oh Parker. they're always injured they're, yeah they're, exactly they're injured. So, and and yeah. and so exactly right and so what we have is we have a camp where Will Fuller's not out there, Devontae Parker's not out there. Um, Although he was out Jaylen, there today, he was out. He was today, out, yeah. Finally. But and and he's like, uh, today was probably the first time that he got real action, right? Or um, yeah, 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 it's yeah, the first yeah. time he had done individual drills before. But um, but yeah, so Devontae Parker isn't out there till time, I think. Yeah, um, and so so here we go. You know, this is this is this is what everybody criticizes, and we're already seeing it. And yet, you know push through and it's the depth that's shining you know it's it's the albert wilson's out there jakeem grant making plays robert foster's making plays um so i think that uh, and preston williams hasn't been out there day one right yeah uh, and um, who knows if he ever will at this point <laughs> um but yeah so i think that uh, number one criticism is like yeah that's a valid, that is perfectly valid criticism based on what we're seeing out there. And yet the depth is so strong uh, and the, the chemistry is coming along so well with the full off season, which I think is mattering a lot that, um, that it's, it's not a, it's not a big deal. They're still, they're still cleaning the floor with uh, the defense out in practice. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the biggest thing is, uh, is to a, his command of, of everybody on that receiver depth chart um and and how he can uh how he can operate the whole thing uh from top to bottom yeah what about running back south where are we on on that we don't have the fact to back that we know but there's uh you know five or six names in there i saw jared jared dokes's name mentioned for the first time today by some of the guys that were there watching alongside you some of your some of your colleagues like you know travis and kyle and and people like that that were in the vicinity as long uh, along with the uh the beat writers what's the um What's the latest on the running back position? Because it kind of, you know, offense generally, unless it's the passing game, doesn't really, you know, pick up much muster in, in training camp. But 
obviously running back and we'll get to offensive line, but you know, they're two of the most critical positions or two of the the most worrisome positions, I suppose. So what's happening at at tailback? Yeah. uh, Savannah Ahmed was really, really coming on late last week and then he got injured and he's been in a red Jersey ever since he's participating on -on one-on-one drills, but he's not in any contact, all the contact drills and all of the, you know, 11 on 11, even six, on eight, he's not participating in none of that because evidently, you know, they don't want him touched. They want him stay for the first game, which they probably are going to need him because this entire running back group, in my opinion, is the most uninspiring group in the entire team. Patrick Laird is playing a lot of th- what you can call third down back. Malcolm Brown did not participate today. I don't know if it's an injury. We asked. Nobody said if he was injured or not. Miles Gaskin is getting a lot of reps. And Jared Dokes ate into those today. Jordan Scarlett had a moment on Friday when he ran over Calvin Munson. But, you know, he ran over Calvin Munson. Okay. <laughs> uh, other than that, it's not an inspiring group. Uh, Carl Tucker is getting a lot of run. Got a touchdown today with from um, uh, Jacoby Brissett on a really nice spell on the play. He uh, it was a play action pass where Brissett goes on a boot and Tucker has like an option to either go to the flat or go to the corner. He went to the flat and he beat a linebacker to the corner for the touchdown. So it was a nice play. Then they ran it later on in practice and Carl Tucker was found himself uh, on his ass in the second around the two yard line. So that one didn't work out. But, yeah, this is the one unit where I don't have too much to say. It's it's kind of just there. Mm. What about receiving? You never, you never really know. I just want to say, though, and because in the practices I've attended, you know, for years and years, all-star practices and such, um, you don't really know anything about the running backs or, or the linebackers, for that matter, until until you start getting into a higher speed situation, I think. Mm-hmm. Until you until you really start getting into game conditions and game game ferocity, I guess, um, as far as like the physicality and um, and speed. I I just I almost I swear I almost just kind of remember when Kalen Balaj was a was a superstar in practice. Like I watched him, yes. I watched him. I was there in 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 Dolphins. As much as we make fun of Alf for the Kalen Balaj disaster. I was there in Dolphins Bucks practices watching him dominate, right? And and then but get him into a game. It's it's completely it's completely different. Forgets, you need to see these he forgets how to catch the ball. I, well, I think I think it's just of of the ball field, running back and linebacker are the two that I would isolate and say, you know what? I don't even think I'm gonna see anything, <laughs> you know, uh, and and practices. And I just got to wait until I see it in games. Make a guy miss is make a guy miss. And that, that only happens in the games. And, you know, tackling is only happens in the game. So that's it. What about the receiver position? Because obviously we just talked about the injuries and there have been some injuries. Um, but it does seem like, you know, guys like Isaiah Ford, Robert Foster seems to be mentioned every day. Matt Collins has made plays. Alan Hearns, Jakeen Grant has made plays. You know, so Kirk Merritt, Malcolm Perry, I saw today. Obviously, Albert Wilson's had an excellent, excellent camp. Jalen Waddle. The one guy who I really thought would step up and who hasn't is Lynn Bowden. And I don't think I've seen his name mentioned once. What's the situation, Alfred, receiver with 
especially with Limboden, really. How's that playing out? How do you think it, how do you see it shaking down there? Well, I can start with Limboden. Limboden until today was completely invisible. Uh, he caught a deep in cut from, from Tua on the, on the two minute drill. And that was the first time I actually like noticed that he was actually playing on the team. So is he not getting open or is he not getting opportunities? He's What's not getting the, the ball. <laughs> yeah, but what, why? What's the reason? Because he because, was, you know. Because Jalen Wild is event, evidently going to have about 120 receptions this year. Yeah, but realistically, that's not. We we all know that's not going to happen. I mean, you know. I think I think Tua has has settled on a few guys, and Jalen Waddle's extremely important to this offense. He likes Albert Wilson. He likes what he's doing at the second level today. When Devontae Parker got his first snaps, it was only the first snap of eleven versus eleven. When Tua Tagovailoa stepped back into the pocket and found Devontae Parker deep over the middle for about twenty-five yards on an in cut. And you could see that they, they had immediate chemistry. I expect that with Mike Gesicki, by the way, when he gets back. Yeah. And Jakeem Grant, he keeps making plays. Now we understand he has his issues in the regular season, catching the ball, but everybody in that wide receiver core seems to have something to hang their hat on. Alan Hearns has had a decent camp. You can't say he's had a bad camp. He's had a very good camp. On the second team, mind you, he's hardly played any snaps with Tua Tungvaloa, although he played a couple today, although not of note. He did get injured today, then returned. But Jacoby Brissett and Alan Hearns have had great chemistry and made big plays, including over Noah Benagany twice today. Robert Foster has a few touchdowns. Even Matt Collins on goal line duty has been very, very good. And ever since Mike Gusecki has been out on the, on the COVID list, Matt Collins has gotten some of those snaps and been successful. So, you know, Will Fuller was on the bicycle today. So if, you, if you're going to find anybody who's actually not had a good camp, I guess Malcolm Perry hasn't found the ball too much, although even he has a couple of touchdowns. Lynn Bowden has n- not impressed and essentially been invisible all camp. If you're a betting man then, and let's say the Dolphins are going to keep six at that position, what's your six today? Because I suspect it would be vastly different to the, to your six that we did two, three weeks ago when we looked ahead to what our potential 53-man roster would be. If they're going to keep six, Parker, Fuller, Waddle for sure. Albert Wilson has already made the team. You can't score you know, at, you know, know, every single day 60-yard touchdowns and not make the team. So that's four. The fifth guy... Man, Matt Collins has done enough. I think he's done enough, and he's versatile enough where, you know, his special teams work is also going to get some notice. That's number five. And then number six, probably Jakeem Grant. And then Lynn Bowden, Kirk Merritt, Ty Loxley, Robert Foster, Isaiah Ford, Malcolm Perry. Hmm. Going to be rough trying to get some of those guys onto the practice squad. Yeah. Ford, Ford was making some noise today, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah, no, Isaiah Ford has had a good camp. He's had a good camp all around. But, you know, his problem, of course, is that, you know, he's not, he's not with, with Tua Tonga-Vailoa. So he doesn't get the oohs and ahs from the crowd. But his work has been very, very good. He also had a long touchdown on Noah Benogany. And I'm not picking on Noah Benogany. It's just that he seemed to give up every single thing that everybody got today. Let's get to um, let's get to COVID Central. 
Can you tell me, first of all, <laughs> how many tight ends the Miami Dolphins currently have on the roster? I Question can't keep track. One. I can't keep Can track, you, but I just, do just know. Give us a num- just give us a number, first of all. Eight. Chris? I, I'll say ten. The answer is ten. You're right. We have ten tight ends on the roster. Now, for a, for a, for a bonus prize... For a bonus prize, can you tell me the name of the names of all those ten tight ends? Uh, I know the two guys that they signed is Sal Canella, which sounds yep. like Salmonella, and uh, Gabe Holmes. <laughs> Probably plays like it. Oh, there was another guy. There was another Khalif. Khalif, uh, was it Jackson or something like yes. that? Or, yes, Khalif Jackson, Jackson. Yes. What number is Khalif Jackson wearing? Zero zero oh, God, on my on my little sheet here. <laughs> Oh, it says here he's wearing 60, which is in the True Williams. Uh, we've got Salmonella, Gabe Holmes, Khalif Jackson, Carson those are, Meyer. Those are the newcomers. Chris Meyerick, Durham Smythe, Adam Shaheen, and his non-vaccine. That rhymes. I didn't even know. Ah, Adam, Va- Adam Shaheen, no vaccine. Uh, Mike Gesicki, <laughs> Seathan Carter, and uh, Hunter Long, who seems yeah. to be making plays every single day now is yeah. that because um Kasiki um got sicky yeah I was gonna say I was just I was just thinking that did Kasiki get sicky Seathan Carter and and Adam no vaccine Shaheen is is he getting more play because these guys aren't around or is he showing up because we were all wrong on him I think I think uh, the coaching staff realized today, you know, who the hell are these guys? And if we had to play any of them, you know, we're not going to be very good. So let's just stick with what we know. And Durham Smythe and Hunter Long got a massive workload today. If they got every single rep, I think that that would be accurate. I think they did get every single rep today. Chris Myrick got some in spot duty. I saw a little bit of Carson Meyer. I saw none of the no, none of those other guys. I don't know. Was, I didn't see any of those. Was other Carson guys. at fullback at all, or did did he? Did Carson he Meyer, no. Carson Meyer, no. Okay. He was uh, in line most of the time that he was on okay. there. So was Durham Smythe and Hunter Long was mostly split out wide. So they have an idea. Hunter Long is their Gasecki clone when he's not here. Evidently, now nice. Mike Gasecki did have a big day last week after getting outshined by Hunter Long to start camp. But since then, I don't know if this is going to change their minds about anything, but offense doesn't seem to have been, you know, missing a beat since, you know, COVID Central took over the tight end group. You know, it's Durham Smythe, Hunter Long. They look good to me. Chris, we've had the conversation uh, on OnlyFins or just fins, probably both. Um <laughs> But it's a serious one, actually, because I'm led to believe that a few days ago, the Dolphins were up to 88 of 90 players vaccinated. The NFL has just said that 90.5% of all players in the league have had at least one jab. One of the two players that, that on the Dolphins that wasn't vaccinated and has made his point very clear across social media by saying that A, he wouldn't get the jab and B, he is going he is maskless and will not be wearing a mask, is Adam Shaheen. Do you think, how much do you think that his stance on COVID, given how important the stance is on COVID, as in the safety stance on COVID, because, you know, with the NFL saying that teams could potentially forfeit games 
Um, and it will just be struck up in the loss column if they have to forfeit a game because of one of their unvaccinated players getting coronavirus and causing the game to be called off. Do you think that that will factor into the decision as to whether or not Shaheen makes the team? Because if he's kind of 50-50 with another player who has been vaccinated, do you think that they will decide to get rid of the unvaccinated player or the player that doesn't really feel like he's playing team ball? You know, they um, they will never admit that, sir, certainly. No. Um, but I think that... There will be lawsuits. Mi- yeah, he, yeah, right. <laughs> he is missing time, though. He's missing time at a very crowded position. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's, you know, that's pretty much what needs to be said there. Like, he came in as uh, basically a third guy last year, um, made a little noise as a pass, uh, as a pass catcher. Um, had basically kind of failed out of Chicago. We know that. Um, and why, like he had, he had injuries. Um, so he's coming in, he's not coming in from a position of strength, really. I mean, they drafted Hunter long when they already had Mike Gesicki, Durham, Smythe and, uh, and, and Adam Shaheen. There's gotta be a reason for that. Um, so I think he's missing time, which is crucial at a position that is very crowded and he's trying to, you know, he's trying to make his way as the, being the pass catcher that can replace Mike Gesicki because clearly not Durham Smythe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and Hunter Meyer is passing passing him easily in that in that regard. So now what is he going to be the backup to Durham Smythe? Is he that that much of a specialist as a blocker? Well, I'm not really sure about that. So, um, so yeah, he's, he's definitely, he's put himself behind. Where are we on the offensive line, um, Alf? Because it feels like this is the never-ending, never-fixed conundrum of the Miami Dolphins, which seems to roll on for year after year after year after year. What's, what's the update? It feels like Solomon Kindley has kind of fallen out of the picture. It feels like nobody's really taking over the centre position, whether that's Mascura or whether that's Michael Dieter. Feels like things are a little bit up in the air. Right tackle. Where's Liam Eikenberg playing? Is he playing left guard? Is he playing right tackle? Are we still having to rely on Jesse Davis? You know, is Austin Jackson training on? It, it all feels a little bit uncomfortably up in the air. Um, what's your take on it? What's your sense being around camp every day, uh, and what are you seeing? Well, the the starting offensive line is Austin Jackson from left to right. Austin Jackson, Liam Eikenberg, Michael Dieter, Robert Hunt. And then the right tackle is Jesse Davis. Jesse Davis today played a couple of snaps, then started sitting out practice, and they put Larnell Coleman at right tackle. That's the seventh-round pick out of UMass. He actually had some decent snaps. He looked good, although toward the end of of practice, because he had such a large workload, he was on the first-team offensive line. Toward the end of practice, he did give up a a couple of things, including a hit on Tuatunga Bailoa by Vince Beagle which got Vince Beagle to – they sent him into the locker room. They, first of all, they asked – they had him run, and then he went into the locker room. You don't hit number one, okay? But uh, – Can I just stop right there? Because yeah. how funny is it that it was Vince Beagle, considering he was the one that, like, that was tweeting out Photoshop pictures of Deshaun Watson in a, in a Dolphins uniform on, yes. on Twitter? Well, maybe so he, he, went, he, he went and just tried to make it happen. Yes. <laughs> I guess I guess that's exactly what he what he tried to do, but uh, Liam Eikenberg looks good to me, right? But he's not playing right tackle, and if he's not playing right tackle, you got to start re-examining what you did on draft day or on day two to move up. And you you know you actually traded for a guy, 
did you actually trade up to play the guy at left guard? I don't think you did that. And I don't understand what's going on with Solomon Kinley. Is he in that much of the doghouse that he has to be on third team? Is so, he behind? Is he behind Dur- yes. um, Neto? Dural Neto? Yes, he's behind everybody who's in a uniform on the Dolphins roster. Very odd, isn't it? Yes, is yes, it odd. is. Very odd. Like, if you didn't know anything, like, if you didn't know that he was drafted where he was drafted, he was drafted in the fourth round last year, I believe, right? Am I correct? If you didn't know he was a fourth-round pick last year and you don't know that he started, what was it, 14 games last year? If you didn't know any of those things and you went to camp this year, you would say, okay, 66 is getting cut. That's the way you would think. And that's the way that they're playing him so far. Would you say – Oh, yeah, how much? Sorry. Well, they say 332. I don't believe it. He said he said he made he said he made weight, like he said that he made. Yeah, he's out there, and they're very strict on that. If you don't make weight, you don't pass your conditioning tests. You you can't be in uniform. So evidently, he passed. So would would you say would you say that there's two that the offensive line has basically two of the most disappointing you know um, incremental negatives that we've seen in camp thus far between Solomon Kinley, like what the hell is going on there? And and even let's go to Matt Skura, who yep. is apparently losing his job to Michael Dieter. And, you know, while while I, we may have been saying for a long time that Michael Dieter's best position is center uh, since he came out of Wisconsin, I, I still don't know that that's a necessarily a great thing <laughs> if, yeah. he's, if he's starting for us. Is, well, is Matt, he a big disappointment? Well, Matt Skura... Skura Matskura uh, sprung Malcolm Brown on a long run behind of behind his block. Then Michael Dieter had a, a block of his own, which was noticeable because you could see him out in space getting a hit on Calvin Munson and springing Miles Gaskin for like a 15-yard gain. So, you know, both guys look serviceable to me. Nobody above anybody else, but they've decided for whatever reason that Michael Dieter is going to get the benefit of the doubt. And he's been handed, in my opinion, he's just been handed the the starting position, and he's just been out there for every single first-team snap. And Matt Skura has been out there in the second team. I mean, kudos to Dieter because he's fought, you know, he's fought hard through some adversity. And, you know, I can remember how much we ripped the piss out of him as a rookie. And, you know, he's got a legit chance to, to, to take the starting position. I mean, whether he's good enough, to keep it through the to keep it through the season, we shall see. Anything on Cameron Tom? How's he looking? Uh, very limited snaps, and especially yeah. since they put on the pads. You know, you're talking about a handful of snaps, six, seven snaps. Hard to tell, really. Interesting defense. Because uh, uh, I'm aware we've been going for about forty days already. Defensive line. Christian Wilkins feels like he's playing well. Raekwon Davis feels like he's playing well. What about the, the difficult, obviously, to gauge pass rush threat? But where are we looking, and what's the situation injury wise? Jalen Phillips. Uh, Jalen Phillips was on the bike today, but he's he looks fine to me. Uh, he's not in uniform, but he is running around the field everywhere and celebrating with with his teammates. So he looks fine to me. I guess he should be joining the team shortly because he's doing a lot of physical activities, just not hitting anybody. So maybe it's just one of those things where they're saying, you know what, let's just save him for now. And, you know, we could, we'll use them in Chicago next week because they are having that joint practice next week. But this unit is head and shoulders above the rest. And th- that's including the secondary. 
we have the Miami Dolphins have a stacked defensive line, mm. and the defensive tackle rotation is not only three deep, it's four deep. Adam Butler is as advertised. We know Raquan Davis, Christian Wilkins, and Zach Sealer, in my opinion, is the most underrated player on the entire team because he could be one of the five best players on the team, but nobody ever talks about him. Feels like um, feels like Adam Butler and Benadric McKinney are really going to shore up that run game. Yeah, at least so far. They've had a very, very good camp, especially McKinney, who was a star the other day. Mm-hmm. Chris, what about the linebackers? What are you sensing? What are you feeling? Like you said earlier, it's very difficult to gauge linebacker play. Um, I love the videos that the Dolphins are doing every day in terms of miking up players. It was Tua today, but I think yesterday was Jerome Baker or the day before was Jerome Baker. And he does bring an awful lot of pop to that to that team. And I know there's people on social media that don't think he's very good. But Chris, where do you think uh, the linebacker situation is? Um, obviously, we know about Jerome Baker, Bernard McKinney, we've just talked about, but... Anything else standing out for you? Anything that you're seeing? Any sort of themes that you're seeing into day seven, looking ahead to day eight? Well, the biggest uh, the biggest development, I think, has probably been the effectiveness of Brennan Scarlett as a, as an outside linebacker and as a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is very blocky to me, individual. He doesn't move that well. Um, but when I looked at him on Houston tape. Uh, it's it was almost kind of uncanny how he's just always in the right place at the right time from a passing game standpoint out in coverage because he clearly is not a fluid mover uh, that way, but he did happen to be there a lot. I don't know what was happening, but it, it just um, it just the ball found him and uh, and he happened to be in the right spot. I think Kyle Van Noy was a bit like that too. Um, so you have this, this dynamic where we've lost Kyle Van Noy and, you know, we got to replace him and figure that out. Kyle Van Noy, of course, was, you know, kind of a half pass rusher, half coverage kind of guy. Um, Brennan Scarlett is a lot like that. And so we're not, maybe we're not seeing yet whether he can hack it in coverage or whether his luck is running out, um, that way. But uh, certainly in, in pass rush, he's, he seems to be making some noise. So, that, so that's really interesting. I just think you're not going to see a ton about this unit in camp, but, um, but it is a well-rounded unit. Um, and if you look at Jerome Baker and Bernard, Bernardrick McKinney, uh, those two are going to be pretty solid players uh, when the real games start. Um, they're very well-tested. And, uh, and so you, you add a couple of guys on the outside, like, you know, uh, we don't know. Well, Vince Beagle's been having a quiet camp, so we'll, I guess we'll see. But uh, Jalen Phillips, Duke Riley, clearly we know that he can he can cover and do things out in space. Um, they seem to have, you know, they seem to have guys that they can just plug in, like a Landon Roberts, and just be a plugger, or Bernardrick McKinney and be a plugger. And then they got some guys that can do some things out in space, like uh, like like Duke Riley and um, and. Jerome Baker. So a very well-rounded unit. I, I think I expect them to not be a weakness whatsoever. You mentioned well-rounded units there, and that brings us on to the secondary. And obviously, Xavier Howard has an ankle injury, in inverted commas, which I'm sure will be fixed the moment his new contract is, uh, <laughs> is signed. Uh, miracles like that sometimes happen. Um, but we've seen Javon Holland step up to first team uh, as Jason McCourty moved to cornerback. Um is Holland's time coming, Alf? How is Brandon Jones looking? And I suppose the wider question is, what's the situation with Noah Igbenogane? Because I know he's a guy that we really like. And there is this um, kind of social media rapid fire 
let's jump on a guy as soon as he doesn't do anything immediately. And, you know, we have to remember that he only played a year at corner at Auburn, converted wide receiver. Um, but it's just not clicking for him at the moment. What's the what's the general consensus on the overall unit? How's Holland looking and, and, and where do we stand on Noah as we as we sit here right now? Yeah, before I get into that, uh, I got to mention this guy. We didn't mention him in the linebackers, but Shaquem Griffin, uh, he has he's getting every single opportunity to make this team. And I think that's another guy that I'm going to be completely wrong on. I think he will make the team. Shaquem Griffin and Brennan Scarlett have near 100% participation in all punt teams and all kickoff teams. So that's a, a huge tell from the coaching staff that they found something they want him to do and they're going to have him do it. He's also playing a lot of second team and third team as Brendan Scarlett is also playing a lot of base on the first team and second and third team. So Shaquem Griffin, if you're rooting for him, you you have a, a pretty good rooting interest. He could make the team. Can't wait to see him play against Chicago in the secondary Javon Holland. Uh, I guess you could say he's arrived today. He was on first team install. And on first team, okay, they were using a lot of three safety sets, Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, and the, the third guy, you could argue it's, it's Jason McCourty, although, you know, Byron Jones even played some back there. But, yeah, it's Jason McCourty. Today, Did- it, was a, it was a light day for Byron Jones. So, you know, Noah Benogany got a lot of run, and it was just bad. Uh, there's no other way to to say it. Noeg Benagri started camp as the starter at left cornerback on the boundary, playing every snap they could find for him on first team. He has since been moved to second team, and now the first team snaps belong on base to Nick Needham in place of Xavier Howard. So it's Nick Needham and Byron Jones in base defense. And then when Nick Needham kicks into the slot, Jason McCourty is playing on the boundary. So they're finding every which way to not have Noah Igbenogany playing on the first team unit. And today he was, to you know, for lack of a better word, he was a disaster. If I had to put a number on it, I know he gave up a 45-yard touchdown to Alan Hearns. He gave up a 50-yard completion to Isaiah Ford. And I know he gave up a big one to Jalen Waddell. I couldn't have the yardage on that one, but that one's maybe 30 yards or so on a deep post. All of them in man coverage with no safety help on blitzes. He's hasn't had a good camp. And today was as bad a day as I've ever seen a corner have in a Dolphin uniform. Mm. One word on the special teams unit, because we're breaking in a new punter in Michael Pallardi, who seems to be um, bouncing back off his injury hit season last season and standing out in camp. I, I, I saw some, some great punts today sort of, pitching the ball about the two-yard line and spinning it back to the five. Any news on the punter? How's he looking? He's been solid. He's been solid since day one. Uh, day one, he was spectacular. Um, he was really good. Today, he, he had a he had a miss hit today. But other than that, he was great. And, as, and if we're going to get into the place kicker, Jason Sanders missed his first field goal of camp today, a 42-yarder. Missed it. Hit, hit it. hit it off of the upright. So... You know, Cut he's him. also been solid. Cut him. Perfect. Any more for any more before we um before we get out of here? 
Yeah, on the in the secondary to round it out, uh, Jamal Perry has impressed. I think he has a he has a a place on this team. He's played a lot in dime. He's the guy that they seem to rely on. There's a real real battle there for, between Brandon Jones and Javon Holland, who I think is beginning to edge away. So Brandon Jones is still going to get a lot of play, and Trill Williams has had some some good plays. He's going to have to try to stick on special teams and they're giving him every single opportunity to stick on special teams because they're giving him a large workload. Justin has Coleman he, playing on has the Has he pounds. changed his number yet? No, still wearing 51. Justin mm, Coleman playing on the boundary, playing on the slot, playing everywhere. He's the guy that I would say has not uh, grabbed the hold of a position yet. He's probably on the outside looking in right now, as of right now. Interesting. Um. I just thought of a really good question. I can't think what it is. Um, I mean, it's not that good. How'd you, how'd you think frankly. of it then? Uh, that's a, if you can't like, think of it, how did you think of it? I've forgotten it. I was looked up, watched the Olympics, then looked back and thought, shit, I can't remember what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> it was going to be like a little sort of guessing gamey type thing, but I can't for the life of me. What, what do you think? Do. What do you think is going to happen if uh, Xavier Howard does show up? Because we saw we saw Jason McCourty go out there in place of uh, Nick Needham um, at the on the outside, and to do that, I mean, that's the reason Javon Holland was getting those those snaps, right? I mean, yeah. McCourty was McCourty was came, came yeah. down and started playing some corner on the outside, which we know he can do because that's what he's been his whole career. Um, you know what happens? Xavier comes back. Does uh, does McCourty go back to being first team in the in the center field uh, the way that he was until now? Um, well, or, I think, you know, uh, think. Well, I think that uh, Jason McCourty is cross training at that deep safety position and at cornerback, while Javon Holland and Brandon Jones are pretty much everywhere from robber to slot to box safety to split safety. So they're asking them to do a lot. So I think it's an either or between Brandon Jones and Javon Holland. Like one of those yeah. two guys are going to get a large load of snaps and the other, I guess, special teams. But nice. I, if Xavier Howard comes back, I think that they're going to welcome him with open arms because some a listener asked me, is this too just lighting up your defense or is the secondary that bad? And I think it's a little bit of both. You know, but if you think about it, like if you really break it down, who's giving up all these big giant plays? There's one guy that seems to be at the center of all of all of this, and we kind of know who it is already. That's it for this week. We shall be back uh, next week. I may have remembered what my great question was, but I think it's highly unlikely. Um, so yeah, you'll just have to, you know, live in the memory of there could have been a really good question finally asked on this program, but um, unfortunately I forgot what it was. So um, thanks to Chris. Thanks to Alf. I won't get them to say goodbye because they'll probably do it really stiltedly and kind of slightly embarrassingly like they did earlier on. Don't forget Manscaped. Um, don't forget Just Fins and indeed Only Fins, um, which is where all the chat happens. And uh, Alf will be there reporting every day from training camp. We shall see you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place 
by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.